The New York Islanders are heading to the playoffs after downing the Montreal Canadiens 4-2. We'll talk about our key takeaways from the game, how they pulled off the win, and we'll give some thoughts about a look ahead to the playoffs. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and make sure you subscribe to get our new episodes in your inbox as they are released. Subscribe on your favorite podcatcher or YouTube. Wow, we have got a lot to discuss on today's show. Bottom line, Islanders are in the playoffs. That's good news, fourth time in the last five years. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIslanders and you can, uh, at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I will be live tweeting during every Islanders postseason game, home and away. So join me for some instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to interact with Isles fans, game time or any time. So please do reach out. Wow. Uh, kind of at a loss for words, but in a good way right now as the Islanders beat the Montreal Canadiens by a final score of 4-2. to And look, this was not a perfect game by any means, but a solid overall performance by the Islanders. They kind of did all the little things they need to do to win hockey games. Get the lead midway through the first period? Check minimize the number of quality scoring chances that the opposition has, check. Your best players offensively contributing to the offense, check. Answering after uh, less than a minute and a half after Montreal ties the game late in the first period, check. And, of course, getting solid goaltending when needed from Ilya Sorokin, check once again. Just 
you know, even though the game was tied late in the first period, after the Islanders got that go-ahead goal with a minute three left in the period, you never really got the feeling that they were going to blow this game. They controlled the tempo. They controlled the flow. Their forecheck was solid. A lot of this game was spent in the Montreal zone. And look, the Islanders, not perfect, made their share of mistakes. But realistically, they were the better team. They controlled the game. They deserved to win. And yeah, there are some things that we're going to get to that need to be cleaned up. I'm not going to lie about that. But uh, you, uh, overall, this is the kind of hockey the Islanders need to play in order to be successful, and they are headed to the postseason. You know, the old adage is that your best players in big games, especially if you're going to win them, your best players need to be your best players. Look at what happened tonight. Two goals for Brock Nelson, the team's leading scorer. Uh, and that gives Brock 36 goals on the season. Kudos to him for stepping up. Anders Lee actually scoring a power play goal with four minutes left in regulation to give the Islanders some insurance and to more or less clinch the victory, and then Ilya Sorokin. Yeah, you look at the shot chart, he maybe only faced four or five high-danger chances, and that hats off to the Islanders' team defense for that. But he did the job when the Islanders needed him to, 17 saves in 19 shots faced, and he earns the victory. And, and again, it's not always how many saves you make. Sometimes it's when you make them and how you make them. And with the exception of the shorthanded goal, and we're going to get to that, the Islanders uh, goaltender, Ilya Sorokin, he was there when the team needed him. So very hard to uh, complain about the main things that this team did. And I think... The thing I loved the most in this game was the way the Islanders played in the third period. They entered the third period with a 3-2 lead. And after giving up that shorthanded goal late in the second period, you know, we've seen this Islander team blow opportunities before, but they were consistent in that third period. Dumped the puck in, forechecked aggressively, kept the puck in the Montreal zone for as much of that period as they could. And really, when the puck went into the Islander zone, I think the team just did a really solid job of keeping it simple, either skating the puck out or uh, chipping it off the boards and out of the zone making sure there weren't a lot of high-danger chances in front of Ilya Sorokin, and just playing smart, positional, defensive hockey. And you know what? That's the way this team wins hockey games. So 
to see the Islanders take care of business in this way. Did they deserve this second chance? Well, you could debate that from, you know, now until the end of the season. But when they did get that second chance, let there be no doubt that they took full advantage of it, did not let it slip through their fingers, and maybe that is the most important thing for the New York Islanders, that when the season was on the line, when it was one game, hit or miss, they got the job done. And uh, look, it wasn't easy. It wasn't always pretty. I know on Twitter, a lot of fans were like, oh, I'm very nervous. I know my heart was racing at different times, late in the second, early in the third. But this team came through, got it done. And after 16 straight seasons in the postseason, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang and company, not in the playoffs. The New York Islanders are. And now, obviously, the big question we're going to be asking, who are the Islanders going to play? There are still three possibilities, and we'll know the answer to it as of the end of games played tomorrow night, and we'll break it all down for you uh, in a future segment of the show. We've got a lot more to discuss today. We will have our unsung hero of the game, our go to the game. We will answer one of your emails, and of course, we'll start looking ahead to the postseason. All that and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever, Built. You've got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't even think they're good for you, but you've got to try it. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in amazing flavors like peanut butter brownie, churro, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. And the macros are great too. Only 130 calories on average per bar, just 4 grams of sugar, but they pack a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk up to the pharmacy and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. Same thing, Sam's Club, you can buy a 13-bar box with hit flavors like uh, brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. So, time for our unsung hero and our goats of the game. The goat of the game, um, you know, there's a couple of choices, not a lot of good ones. I don't like doing this, but I'm giving it to Samuel Bolduc. Only played 7 minutes and 23 seconds. Was not, you know, didn't end up a minus. And I guess I'm giving him the GOAT because he turned the puck over a couple of times. Two giveaways. And it was Balduke who was beaten on the shorthanded goal by Nick Suzuki in the second period. And, yeah, if you look at the replay, first of all, okay. 
I'll split it up. Yes, it was a beautiful goal. I mean, it was a highlight reel kind of a goal by Nick Suzuki. Credit to him. More credit to him, however, because the replay also clearly shows Suzuki was holding Bullduke's stick and a penalty should have been called. The referees didn't see it. Suzuki positioned himself very well to prevent them from seeing it. Got away with it. But for that reason, to me, uh, I'm giving the go to the game to Samuel Bullduke. Goat with a lowercase g. He didn't really, uh, you know, endanger this game very much, but he clearly, I think, was the weak link for this team. As far as the unsung hero of the game, I think there are a number of different candidates. Uh, Bo Horvat had one, uh, he took 27 faceoffs and won 19 of them. That's a 70% face-off win rate. J.G. Pajot won 8 out of 10. That's an 80% face-off win rate. But I'm going with Hudson Fashing. Why? Well, first of all, Hudson Fashing, he blocked a shot. He had a hit, but he also scored, to me, what was emotionally the most critical goal of this game. One minute and three seconds left in the first period, Less than a minute and a half after the Canadians tied the game late in the first period, when the momentum could have been erased, when the air could have come out of the UBS arena, wow, Hudson Fashing goes to the net, hustles, and puts home a puck. Good play by Pajot and Parise to help make it possible and makes it 2-1. to one. And when the Islanders go into the locker room up 2-1 to one, and the building is energized and the locker room is energized, I think that was a huge turning point emotionally in this hockey game. So to me, the unsung hero Hudson Fashing, obviously uh, Brock Nelson's two goals give him, you know, probably deservedly so the first star of the game, but unsung hero Hudson Fashing, despite the fact that no other Islanders forward played less ice time than he did in this game. By the way, one roster move by the Islanders. Simon Holmstrom sits. Josh Bailey plays. Bales played 11 minutes, 59 seconds. And I'll say this about Josh Bailey. He did not have a shot on goal. He did block two shots, had a takeaway, no giveaways. He made at least two or three noticeably smart defensive plays. And while I think that Simon Holmstrom is sound defensively, Lane Lambert wanted to go with the more experienced guy, and Bailey did his job in this game. Was he spectacular? No. But he did his job, got it done, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, Meanwhile, before the game started at the morning skate, Matthew Barzal and Alexander Romanov both skated on their own. Now, for Romanov, that's the first time he was back on the ice skating. He did not, neither Barzal nor Romanov were full participants in practice. But they did skate on their own, and for Romanov, it's the first time since his injury that he skated. The fact that the Islanders are now off until Monday or Tuesday of next week gives these two players a chance. And we'll certainly update you 
between now and the start of the playoffs, but it gives them a chance to possibly return at some point, and uh, hopefully it will be for the playoffs. Now, I did promise that uh, I would have an email from Craig who wrote in uh, a couple of days back, Craig from uh, South Carolina, and thank you for the email. Hey, Gil, love your content and your takes on the Islanders games thus far. I have a question maybe you can weigh in on. Being that Brock Nelson will probably never be as valuable as he is right now, do you think it's a good idea to potentially trade him in the offseason for either assets or draft picks? What would he be worth if he were traded? Uh, Craig, I'm sorry, you know, it's a little tough to to answer that now when everyone is so happy about the playoffs, but I will give it a stab. Look, Brock Nelson is is definitely coming off his best season. The fact is he will be 32 years old early in the upcoming season, and I think you're right when you say his trade value will never be higher. Could you get a first-round pick or a, a solid prospect or two for Brock Nelson, yeah, you probably could. My concern is, and uh, he go, by the way, Craig goes on to say that Brock is his daughter's favorite player, and I would hate to see him go, but we really uh, you know, can't consider running the same core back next year. So, Craig, I, I don't think the Islanders, especially if Lou Lamorello remains GM, will trade Brock Nelson. You're right when you say his trade value will never be higher, but the concern is this. He is the Islanders' leading goal scorer. And you have Lee and Horvat. Uh, and when Barzi is back, hopefully Horvat is more productive with the Islanders. But I, I don't know, unless you can possibly end up replacing some of that offensive production, which this team already lacks. Now, maybe they sign a free agent. Maybe they get back another younger, talented offensive player in a trade. But unless you can replace that offensive production, it would be difficult to trade Brock Nelson right now. Um, again, you're right. His value will never be higher, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, Craig, thank you so much for listening, for the kind words about the show, and for the email. We really do appreciate that. Look, we've got more to get to. We're going to discuss the playoff situation as it exists right now for the Islanders. Three possible playoff opponents, and we'll know by tonight at the end of uh, all the games. So I'll give you the, the lowdown on that, and uh, we've got that. Our Islanders birthday of the day and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget about planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, and you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 100 110% of the difference. So, Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, 
and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL, all one word, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Three possibilities for the New York Islanders, and it's fairly simple right now. Right now, the New York Islanders are in the first wild-card spot. If the season ended right now, the Islanders would be wild-card one. But the season doesn't end now. The Islanders' regular season is over, but the Florida Panthers, they still play one more game. So here's the situation. If the Florida Panthers lose the game, don't win in regulation. If they don't win in regulation, the New York Islanders can be the first wild card. Now, the second wild card is going to face the Boston Bruins. That's less than ideal, but that is who you would face. Best team in the league. 64-12-5 with a game against the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal tonight to close out their regular season. If Florida wins, the Islanders are the second wild card. But if Florida does not win in regulation, loses in overtime or a shootout or in regulation, the Islanders will face the first place team in the Metropolitan Division. They would be the first wild card and they will face the first place team in the Metro. Who is that going to be? Well, Right now, Carolina is ahead of New Jersey by one point. If Carolina wins the game against Florida tomorrow, then Carolina will clinch the division and the Islanders will face the Hurricanes. If Florida wins, it gets a little, you know, a little more complicated. If Florida wins, then the Islanders are playing Boston. So the Devils, however, if Carolina wins, the Islanders will face Carolina. The Devils win and Carolina loses, the Islanders will face Boston. So, realistically, uh, the only way the Islanders can face New Jersey if, is if New Jersey wins. No, they can't face New Jersey. It's just not possible now that I'm looking at the math because Carolina plays Florida. So, you're either facing Carolina or you're facing New Jersey. Uh, excuse me, Carolina or Boston. That's who you're facing because Carolina plays Florida. So it's either Boston or Carolina, depending on how this all plays out. And the Islanders, I think they'd rather play Carolina, mostly because of this. Carolina is dealing with more injuries than the New York Islanders right now. And if you look at the situation for Carolina, they are a very good and very talented team. They are strong defensively. I would take the under in every game in this series. But no Andre Svechnikov, no Max Pacioretty, no Andre Cache. Jake Gardner also on IL. But losing Pacioretty and Svechnikov makes the Carolina offense questionable. It, it means they're struggling a lot more, and it means the Islanders will have a chance. I think a better chance to beat Carolina than they would to beat Boston. They're going to need Sorokin either way to come up big.
but that is the bottom line. Now, one more thing I wanted to touch on before we get to the Islanders' birthday of the day. This will be the first playoff games in the history of the UBS arena, and the bar, the, the, the UBS arena was rocking last night. Was it as loud as the old barn? I'll leave that up to people. Please comment. Let me know if you thought it was as loud as the old barn for a playoff clinching type of situation. But boy, the, the, the new barn was rocking. And I have to say it was impressive to hear the way that uh, the fans were just so into this game. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And again, we are a day early. Friday will be the 47th birthday for former Islanders center Jason Weimer. Weimer, native of Kimberley, British Columbia, drafted in the first round, eighth overall, by the Tampa Bay Lightning back in 1994. Scored 45 goals in juniors and 96 points for the Portland Winterhawks. But... Made his NHL debut in 94-95 with the Bolts, later played for the Flames and Panthers before joining the Islanders in 2002-2003 and 2003-2004, was traded early in that season to Minnesota, then played again for Calgary and briefly for New Jersey before hanging it up. Weimer, really a defensive forward. Never really scored 20 goals in a season. In his full season with the Islanders, 9 goals, 28 points and 116 penalty minutes. At 6'1", 215, he was steady, sturdy, could be physical when he needed to be. Only scored 90 goals and 202 points in 726 career NHL games. Played in 19 playoff games. Five of those with the Islanders had 23 penalty minutes in that game, in those games, rather. But his best game as an Islander offensively, it's not hard to pick out. November 21st, 2002, Islanders visiting the St. Pete Times Forum in Tampa to take on the Lightning. Garth Snow, the starting goalie for the Islanders. Nikolai Habibulin for Tampa Bay. And for Jason Weimer, a goal, three assists. He was a plus five. And uh, he had two shots on goal in that game. So Jason Weimer, a tough, solid defensive two-way checking forward is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Folks, the journey is over. Now the next journey begins, and that is the playoffs. We will be here through each and every step of the way on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game-to-Game covers every contest from across the National Hockey League, with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. That'll do it for this episode. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll let you know who the Islanders are going to play in the playoffs. We'll start to look ahead and also take a look back at some of the things that went well and went poorly this season and start talking about the keys to doing well in the playoffs. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.